Welcome back, everybody. This is Eric and Chad here with IRAC Veteran 8888. Today, we've got another gun gripe episode for you. All right, this one is going to be called, Hey Dude, Your Gun Sucks. It really sucks. All right, so we've touched on the subject a little bit before, but not quite in the way that we're going to dive into it here. Um, it kind of deals with like the elitism uh, of people that have like really expensive guns versus folks that can't maybe afford like some of the really expensive stuff. So we'll dive into it. I promise you're going to love this video. Uh, before we do, I, I definitely want to give a shout out to our friends at Everest. Uh, they are a great online marketplace that is uh, pro-liberty, pro-2A, uh, really good people. They're trying to offer sort of some competition for places like Amazon. So think of it uh, as a marketplace similar to Amazon, but pro-freedom, uh, pro okay? Uh, they have their Caliber program, which is really awesome. You can become an uh, Everest Caliber member, and you get really great deals on shipping, in some cases free shipping, uh, very similar to something like Prime. Uh, you get early bird specials, uh, early notices on products getting uh, arriving and things like that, all kinds of great perks. Um, they've got some wonderful content that they produce, and you get exclusive access to their uh, back end of content, really good stuff, and some great content creators over there. Check them out. Become a Caliber member. Use the code IRECVET, and uh, you will receive $30 off a year membership. Oh, boy. Which is awesome. We all love saving money. So, um, let's get into this particular video. So, what do we mean when we talk about this? See, I don't even know, guys. Yes, you so, do. All right. <laughs> so, I think what we were getting at when we, we struck up this conversation a while back was, you know, sometimes you're online or just looking through a magazine or whatever and you see this like really crazy cool gun okay or gunplay whatever and then you go and look at it and it might be some like crazy gucci glock or a really high speed like nighthawk 1911 or whatever and then you see the the price and you get a little sticker shock you're like oh god i can't afford that and it's like well if i don't have if i don't have this i can't be cool like that guy right you know that's uh, kind of the the mentality of it it's like it's it's like a marketing play you know it's like well you don't really see high points being marketed in that way, you know? Uh, it's just, yeah, I, I mean, don't know. I, I think that it's a barrier of entry type of thing for a lot of people because folks uh, see all the cool gear that's out there and they go, well, hey, I'm just a beginner. I'm trying to get in this at an entry level. And it's easy for people to feel, you know, maybe a little bit, I don't want to use the word inadequate, uh, but they feel like, oh, maybe. well, you know, they, they can't keep up with the Joneses or they can't keep up with the latest and greatest or this guy's gear or that guy's gear. Um goes along the lines of a previous gripe that we did. I think it was called Run What You Brung. I think so, yeah. And in that particular video, you know, we, we talked a little bit about this, but not quite in the detail we're going to in this video. It's like, look, don't let anybody ever shame you for using whatever you got, right? I mean, mm -hmm. if all you can afford is, a, you know, a Taurus or a Bursa or a High Point or, or a gun that may not, people may not traditionally associate with a duty pistol mm -hmm. or with a higher-end handgun or shotgun or rifle, Look, run what you brung, right? You know, you, you got to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Barry, uh, our dear friend Barry used to say that a high point on the nightstand is better than the Glock on a layaway. Mm -hmm. And that certainly rings true, right? You know, you want to make sure that if you're in a situation where you need to defend yourself, you've got at least some basic tool um, to accomplish that goal, right? And I can't tell you how many um, times growing up, uh, you know, as a young man, uh, being around lots of my grandpa's friends and just friends of the family at hunting camp. And yeah, you know, guys having like single shot H&R rifles or having, a, you know, just a basic Remington 770, mm -hmm. which is like their, you know, economy version of the Remington 700. Uh, I know like Ruger has their uh, Predator line or uh, wasn't the American line. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, Ruger has their American Lime, which is a, a budget-friendly version of their uh, Ruger Hawkeye, uh, which is like basically their you know, higher-grade uh, hunting rifle. Yeah. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with running something basic. Uh, my uncle used to hunt deer uh, with nothing more than a shotgun with slugs in it. You know, and that worked perfectly fine for him just using a you know basic shotgun. So a lot of people get into this this thing where they go, oh, well, if I don't have a Benelli M4 with all the fancy accessories and stuff hanging off of it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, Turan is doing great work. I'm like his Benelli M2 package is amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Turan Butler is, is definitely doing wonderful work in that regard. But not everybody has the Turan tactical money for a high end race gun. Or, or, you know, a John Wick special or whatever, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can certainly employ proper tactics and training and experience to use lesser uh, quality or lesser expense uh, gear, you know, or cheaper gear, I guess I should say, and still accomplish uh, the same goal. And, and dare I say, you see many situations, uh, not only for, you know, defensive situation or hunting situation or whatever, uh, where the the cream will always float to the top, right? So if you are a student of weapons craft and you can use any gun you get a hold of effectively, uh, so who's better, the guy that can buy a Daniel Defense Mark 18 or an M4 and go out and, and, and put in work with that, or a guy that can use any gun he comes across, whether it's a single shot, whatever, uh, all the way up to a, a belt-fed machine gun and be effective with mm-hmm. it. So... Always be a student of weapons craft and don't assume that just because um, a gun isn't the highest grade or, or, you know, a lot of money that it's still not important to get out there and use those skill sets that you're going to train for and develop uh, to, you know, have that that air of self-preservation, right? Whether it's self-defense or hunting or, uh, or even just backpacking, camping, that sort of thing. Something, something mm-hmm. I thought about. All right, go ahead. Okay, sorry. While you're, while you're playing in sorry, the woods last sorry, week. Sorry, I'm, 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 on the, I'm on the roll here. He's on the Eric train, baby. Come on. Uh, sorry. But, Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so recently we posted a video on the Keltec Sub-2000, right? Mm-hmm. And we thought, hey, you know, we, we hadn't made a Sub-2000 dedicated video, I don't think ever. And then we did, and that video got over 500,000 views in the first couple of months that it was on YouTube. So it's just strange when you think, oh, well, why wouldn't people want to look at the you know, fancy MP5 or the, yeah, or the BNT APC 9K. Yeah, you know, or, or the BNT, right? So, you know, there's definitely a very big difference between yeah. an APC 9K from BNT, which is a fantastic gun, uh, and the Keltec Sub-2000. Mm-hmm. But it goes to show that more people likely are are interested in the things that are approachable and, and obtainable for them. Uh, maybe in terms of their immediate needs. Absolutely. Um, one of the other things that we were discussing was, uh, like when we were at Moss, okay, I heard stories all the time and elsewhere too, just from acquaintances and friends of mine and such, you know, about uh, gun store experiences. We've we've kind of talked about this subject in more detail, but, um, you know, some folks are really just turds, you know, and they'll shame you for owning a particular type of firearm. You know, I mean, it's just like, being back in high school and being made fun of because of the clothes that you're wearing, but now you're an adult and you're being made fun of by people. Yeah, or you, you know? don't wear the fancy brand uh, or the expensive yeah. brand. I mean, like, you go to the surplus shop and you buy surplus clothes, 
And, you know, the guy over here wearing like all Vertex gear, nothing about Vertex or any other company, just company X, whatever the case is. I'm wearing uh, Vertex pants. Yeah. You know, well, I was going to look at you and say like, you know, your surplus, but you're not wearing any today. I am wearing look, surplus. Are you? Yeah. Okay. This, this is surplus. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he did go shopping. Yeah. This is uh, either Norwegian or Swedish surplus. Oh, yeah. Fleece. Uh, now, now, now I want to know. <laughs> but... You know, just people in our community shaming others for exercising their rights with whatever they can get their hands on and whatever they can afford at their current, you know, level of employment, uh, their their current situation, their living situation, whatever the case might be. I mean, there there shouldn't be any shaming going on based on, you know, what you have. But it, it the advertisements that we see sometimes in the gun community and the gun industry as a whole... Um, Sometimes are they they kind of get on my nerves every now and again, yeah. Um, especially when you're flipping through some of the magazines and all. Just there, it, it's it's like um, you know the I guess the the two A and gun ownership is kind of like this that has this air of like grandeur to it, you know. And it's like, man, I wish I could be that guy. Like I, I I'll never be able to attain that. It's like it's unattainable to be that guy and have all that crazy cool gear and stuff because you can start piecing together the price tags. It's like tens of thousands of dollars sometimes for these photo shoots and all. And I don't know, man. Sometimes it just puts it out of reach for a lot of people. And it's just like the average Joe wants to just see an ad like, hey, look, we went down to a local surplus shop and we put a, we put this Glock 19 on the rack right here next to, you know, I don't know, a tissue box or something that's on the counter. <laughs> I mean, it's just that's not real life. Well, I mean, but it, I mean, but. just. In a few ways, though, Chad, it is real life because, all right, how many people get into all these random things that they do in life, what we call our man hobbies, right? And ladies, you too, <laughs> all of us, right? We, we get into our hobbies, right? And, all right, you got different types of guys, right? Some people are into cars and motorcycles. Mm. That ain't cheap. By the time you start throwing on, you know, aftermarket parts on your truck and light bars and and all kind of, you know, ranch hands and lift kits and, you know, gosh, I I, I just added a uh, a gooseneck attachment on my truck uh, from B&W mm. uh, makes those really nice um, gooseneck turn attachments. Oh, yes. oh, yeah, yeah, your turnball, right? Yeah. The turnball and having that installed, that was expensive, right? So it doesn't matter if you're into cars, vehicles, mm. motorcycles, boats. I mean, maybe you're into, like, I'm into musical instruments as well. So, but, you know, the guitar path uh, oh, certainly yeah. costs a, a ton of money. You know, right, so look, there's plenty of expensive things. Were you flipping through Were you flipping through the auto parts catalog? And did you see this sexy ad for that BMW turn? Like, oh, man, I wish I could be that dude with that turnball right now. That dude's over there looking like uh, uh, Larry the Cable Guy or whatever going, Hi, oh, you should buy this. All right. <laughs> So, no, no. All right, the, listen. The reason that I chose B and W, and this is maybe on a little bit of a different tangent, but I'll quickly mention it. The reason I chose that particular hitch and why I use their drop hitch as well. Mm -hmm. So I have the I have two B and W products on yeah, my uh, truck. I, I use one too. So I love them. Yeah. The reason is because during all of this, um, you know, COVID mess, and lots of people were out of work, right? B&W as a company was able to branch off into a lot of different things uh, in their community, and they were able to keep every single one of their employees uh, on the payroll and keep them busy, and they were able to take care of their employees. And, and, I, and I think very highly of their products as a whole, 
But when I found that out, I was like, man, that's really awesome that they didn't have to lay anybody off. Everyone got a paycheck Mm -hmm. and they went out of their way to come up with other means within the community uh, for them to to make a living. I think that's so awesome that they really pulled it together. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I digress. But the point I'm making, though, is that there are a lot of hobbies that absolutely are expensive and guns aren't the only one. I think that there is a different sort of psychological element to the to the gun area, though. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't have to have a guitar to survive. I don't have to have mm-hmm. a motorcycle or a boat or a fishing pole or a camping bag to survive, right? I think that there is a, a sort of approach that people have with the gun stuff. Is that, oh, well, my family views me as the protector, mm-hmm. And this is an important tool that I'm buying for life and liberty and for taking care of my family and potentially putting food on the table. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm a camper <clears throat> and I'm going out in the wilderness in case a bear tries to eat me, whatever the reason might be that you might need to uh, obtain that firearm for your, your preservation. When it involves preservation, it's definitely a different thing, mm-hmm. right? And, and when you view, okay, well, this person has this really, really effective tool. And I've got this tool that will work, but maybe, at least in my head, is less effective, which it's not. That's the point we're trying to make, is that, you know, there are nicer ways to to get to an end goal. But uh, at the end of the day, I think that people just view it differently because it is such an essential, uh, you know, thing for our our protection, right? You know, we view guns as a very essential part. And for some of us, it's it's more than just a—it's a lifestyle for us, right? It's It's not just a— all right, let's see whoever dies with the most toys wins. Or I got to keep up with the Joneses. My buddy just bought XYZ, so I'm going to buy XYZ. Now, granted, some of us get into that. Like, I can't say that when Chad gets a new gun, I don't go, wow, I don't have one of those. I mean, it's it's natural for us to want to keep up with the Joneses. And I'm not saying don't try to, because, hey, that's how we're wired, right? We as Americans are very... Uh, proud of of what we do and what we work for and and what we provide for our families and we want to show our cool things off to people I mean that's just how we're wired as people yep oh well, I mean they're conversation starters too but um you know like Eric mentioned guns are definitely the outlier in in things that are essential okay to a lot of folks I mean you know is is the Xbox essential I don't know I mean if it's the babysitter then maybe but I mean if if you know, a young person is trying to decide whether or not they want to procure a firearm for self-preservation. And they start looking at things. They start reading articles, watching YouTube videos and stuff. And they say, hmm, you know what? All these guys are telling me to buy a Glock 19 because that's kind of like the best, like, entry-level uh, type gun. You know, it's kind of like a little bit higher up. It's so like mid, mid-price, mid but it has long long track record, you know, been used all over the world. Yeah, I mean, it's the Honda Civic of yeah. guns. So, all right, they see that and they see the price tag. It's like, all right, well, you know, 500 bucks or whatever. And then think about mags and ammo and everything. It's like, man, well, I don't have that kind of money. Well, if you're really hard-pressed and you're very determined, then, yeah, you probably do have the money laying around. I mean, you know, I used to sell things. I, I gave up some things to get other things that I felt were more essential at the time. And then down the line, I've replaced those things that, you know, I had gotten rid of. That's the way a lot of people work. I mean, a lot of people do that with guns. They'll, they'll buy a particular gun, whatever. They might trade it and barter it until they get what they want. Okay, a lot of people will trade up like that, um, but you you kind of have a goal. Okay, you set the goal, and now what I said about like people with fancier guns and things like that, 
which this is this is very very rare okay this doesn't happen a lot there's a lot of good people in the gun community but there are some turds all right shaming all right these these people shaming someone with a cheap gun it goes the other way too like folks with with you know lower budgets okay they've got cheaper firearms or less expensive firearms maybe not as fancy okay but they still get the job done it's like the difference between a CX4 carbine from Beretta and like a high point what C9 you know, whatever the little carbine, you know, yeah, the uh, nine ninety five or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and they've got chassis and stuff that you can buy, and you can put accessories on to make it look like the CX four. But by the time you do all that, you're up to the price of like a Beretta. Right. Okay, but those people, you, you don't shame the people who buy, you know, like fancy stuff all the time or have the funds to be able to do it and say, well, look what they bought now. Yeah, it's just the attitude goes both ways. It does, and um, yeah, I think that's that's one of the things too with the video is just. Like, dude, you know, hey man, your gun sucks. Well, does it really? I mean, yeah, that Knight's Armament SR15, which I've shot several, okay? They are fantastic rifles. I mean, can a Smith & Wesson Sport get the job done? Yeah. Likely just as well. I mean, uh, is it a lot lower cost gun? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, four times less. You know, yeah. or, or, or Knight's Armament would be four times as much as a Smith & Wesson Sport. I'm glad you um, mentioned Smith. But um, it, it's just, you, you can't shame somebody for wanting to protect themselves, protect their families, protect their communities, like I always say, okay, yeah. based on the tool that they're using. They have the tool at their disposal, and they, they have the right mindset, and they've got this. They've got heart, okay, for it. And they know deep down that that's what they want to do. It doesn't matter what they're using. Yes, would they like to have that SR-15? I'm not calling it nice. It's just that's the first thing that came to mind because I got a I got a buddy of mine that nice guns, you know, that has nice guns, and it's just um, they're fantastic pieces of machinery. They really are. Um, but are they for everybody? Mm, no. Smith & Wesson will get the job done just as just as good as anything else. Um, but anyways, that's the main point I wanted to make is no, kind of you know, flipping the coin there a little bit. You're so. absolutely right. And I think that it's also on the more experienced guys, um, you know, it's on them to be ambassadors to, this, to the shooting world, right? So if you're a guy that has a Daniel Defense Mark 18 and a nice pistol with a red dot on it and a battle belt and a body armor and you've you've gone down that rabbit hole and you've bought that t-shirt proverbially, so to speak, right? <laughs> well, it's it's on you to go, hey, you know, look, man, run your Bursa Thunder 380. If that's what you got, run it, right? What did we you start know? off carrying? What did you carry first? Uh, my first carry gun was a single stack Makarov. Mine too. Because of him. He was like, man, this is a great little gun. I'm like, man, I got to get me one of those. IJ70, baby. Yeah. And a, a little, I don't remember what the brand of the holster was, but it was like a tiny little neoprene Belt holster, you know? Yeah. I uh, mean, I, I used to carry a, a single stack Makarov PM and a Phobos holster. Yep. <laughs> and, and it worked just fine. I, the gun was utterly, utterly reliable. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah, it lacked in the capacity. And, of course, you know, 9mm Mac is not exactly the easiest cartridge, especially right now, to find. Actually, and the defensive ammo is not exactly... At the time, well, wasn't exactly laying around. No, I, mean, no. I think Hornady was about the only people loading defensive ammo for Look, it at the time. I will say, every gun store I've gone into lately has had piles of 9x18. Yeah. Piles of it. But I love that gun, and I still love that gun. <laughs> and, and I would still feel confident in my ability to defend myself with that pistol mm-hmm. if I needed to. 
Now everybody's so, going to go out and buy Macaraws and then scour up the ammo. Well, but but the thing is, you know, they were great guns. And at the time, you know, gosh, you could pick up a Macaraw pistol for a few hundred bucks. Yep. Oh, Maybe God. 250 bucks. Now they've gone up considerably you know, since The first then. one that I bought, I think, was like $190. I right. mean, it was just a little bit more than what you'd pay for a high point. And I know? remember when surplus CZ82s and 83s were coming in. Well, they're still coming in. But at the time... You could pick up a surplus, you know, CZ eighty two for two fifty. Two hundred fifty bucks. I, I paid two fifty for the one. And I you're got. talking what, a twelve or thirteen shot? Uh, they hold, I, think I think the twelve. Yeah, twelve shots. Twelve shot double stack. So, you know, you're getting a, a good amount of capacity. I think that was my second uh gun. I started carrying the eighty two. And too. I and I loved it. Yeah, it was a great handgun. <laughs> and then I think I I think I wound up getting my first Glock. You got that twenty six, I think. I did. I bought a Glock twenty six, and then that was my that was my next carry gun after I had the CZ. So we need to do a video on this, like and cover like our 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 gun history or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. the know. concealed carry history. <laughs> I w- actually believe I still have all those guns, so that might be an interesting episode. But don't let someone, if you're one of the people watching, is thinking, "Well, man, I can't afford something super super nice right now." Look, go out and get good with that particular gun because. One day you will upgrade to something better, and then hey, that better thing that you've got your hands on, you're like, wow, this is a sweet gun. I love it. Right? You're gonna one day find something you like more than that. I think too, you you kind yeah. of learn to appreciate things a little bit more. If you if you go out and depending on the type of person you are, and you just buy the latest and greatest just right out the gate without really experiencing like lower cost options and such. You might have a, a you might get a little bit jaded. I mean, and just like hey, and that's not a bad thing though. No, some, it's not. In some cases, it may not be a bad. thing. It's not at all. But you know, it's like you know, being able to really appreciate those extra features that you're paying for because you know some some of it is the name, yes, but a, a lot of it would be just tiny subtle details that make things run just so much better. You know, but anyways, Eric's over here going shopping. Good example, okay? Pair of CZs, all right? This is a CZ83, mm-hmm. which would be a um, 380 caliber. Is that one 380 or is that 9x10? 380. Okay. Okay. So this gun's in 380. Now, you're talking surplus. I mean, I think I paid like 220 bucks for this pistol. This is definitely not a $220 CZ. So this is a CZ Shadow 2, and and not to go to, you know, just to prove a point though, you're talking, I mean, this pistol here costs easily six or eight times as much as that. Mm -hmm. So you're talking, you could buy eight of these for what one of these costs. Now, would I really be able to truly appreciate how good this handgun is if I hadn't experienced that and working my way up? I mean, my first CZ 75 was just a surplus police Mm trade-in 75. So how do I know how good a Shadow 2 is if I never shot a normal 75? Mm-hmm. Or if I never shot an 82 or an 83 or a CZ-52 or a, any other number of CZs that I've got? So it really does drive home the point of how much you can appreciate a gun like this. And this, this gun has a fantastic trigger. And it's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. But it also represents considerable cost difference between those. So I, I think... Um, that pretty much drives that point, huh? Man, what a trigger. I know. I'm, I'm not going to handle it. No, uh-uh, because I want one. 
Uh, <laughs> I've been wanting one for a while, and I ain't gonna happen. I gotta, I gotta get some stuff from our ham radio rig. That's another thing. Oh boy, you know, like that's what I spend money on is ham radio gear. But you know, it's like useful stuff. You know, just thing is, guys, uh, run what you got. And look, if you're one of the guys that's got really sweet gear, don't shame the guys that've got the cheaper gear. If you're a guy uh, that has the the lesser, you know, expensive gear, get out, train with it, use it, get proficient with it, work your way up. You may find that the lower priced option is adequate for you. You don't need to spend all the crazy money on the fancier gear if you don't if you don't need it, right? So it all comes down to needs. And I, I don't want this video to be any longer than it has to be, but I'll just mention quickly. <laughs> I can't tell you again going back to some of my relatives growing up with hunting gear. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, my uncle's shotgun looked like it had been run through the seventh circle of hell. <laughs> I mean, it had scratches all over the stock. The bluing was all scratched up and worn off. And the alloy receiver had spots worn down to the white on it. And it was it was a well-used and well-worn shotgun. But every time he would go in the truck, he'd throw the thing unceremoniously in the back seat. Uh, or, you know, leave it outside. I mean, for him, it was an adequate tool for what his needs were. He didn't want that Browning Satori. Or he didn't want to you know, a real high-end uh, Benelli or, or Browning shotgun. He wanted a shotgun that could be uh, the the biker bitch, you know? <laughs> yeah, toss around, well, you know, used and I, I mean, but, but it's okay. You you don't have to, to date the prom queen, yeah. you know? You can you can go with the biker girl, and it's fine. Like, they're, they're both going to get you where you need to go. Oh, you and your analogies. Well, I love it. It is what it is. Guys, <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in to today's, today's video. I hope that you enjoyed it. And uh, and look, if you're if you fall into either category, don't sweat it. You know, life's gonna go on, and and just do your thing. Do you be you? Um, protect yourself with whatever tools that you can afford at your disposal, and uh, and and just live life and be happy. And that's all we can really do. But I really appreciate you guys tuning in. Hopefully, you enjoyed today's video, and we uh, made some points. Maybe you didn't think this way, maybe. But uh, thank you so much. I definitely want to take a moment to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Those of you who purchase man cans and t-shirts, uh, other paraphernalia over on Ballistic Inc., uh, thank you very much for the support. Many more videos on the way. We'll see you soon. See you guys.